0: we are listening to the Roaring Repeater Podcast on 7220sports.com. Here's Cody. Welcome into the Roaring Repeater Podcast here on 7220sports.com. I'm your host, Cody Tucker, joined as always in studio by Jared Newland. I uh, haven't been on for a couple of weeks, Jared, but uh, we've let some news pile up finally. We finally <laughs> have some stuff to talk about here. And, you know, the Cowboy football team gets a few verbal commitments over the last couple of weeks. Basketball team peers. They found their new point guard. Um, obviously, the unfortunate death of Jim Brandenburg, one of the greatest basketball coaches in Wyoming history, and um, an NIL. Wyoming finally is in on the NIL collective game. And uh, but first, I want to start with what in the hell is San Diego State doing today? <laughs> I don't even know if they know
1: what they're doing today because <laughs> they're point. they're in limbo. They are really out on an island right now because they send this letter telling the Mountain West Conference that they're going to leave. Their intentions. Their intentions to leave so they can save money. And then that invite to the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever you want to call them now, didn't come, and now they want an extension for
0: 30 days, and the Mountain West is playing hardball with them, and good for them. Nice to see, isn't it? It is. General Gloria, she's she's not messing around, but – They had to have gotten a promise, right? San Diego State had to have gotten a promise to do something this stupid.
1: One would think, because why would you mess with that amount of money, that amount of national exposure that's really negative right now? Mm Mm-hmm. That's really positive. And SMU's sitting back because they think they're the other team that's going to get the invite. They haven't done a thing yet. They're just sitting back waiting to see what happens with San Diego State. So... I mean, who's the smarter one out of those two right now?
0: It's just, it's crazy. They had to have had a promise. I mean, you don't just do that. That's that's stuff you're going to lose your job over. I mean, this is, you're talking about what? $17 million exit fee from, from the Mountain West, and it could possibly be bumped up all the way to 34?
1: Yeah, and that's not just a, a sports information guy just putting a release out to put a release out. <laughs> yeah. That had to be vetted by the Board of Regents, the President, the <laughs> Chancellor, the AD... All the way.
0: And then it came out yesterday that they were like, man, we should have uh, put a watermark on this thing because we didn't <laughs> want it to get out. They, they, this has been a PR nightmare for the Aztecs.
1: Yeah, and, and coming off such a great basketball season, and there's just so much negativity towards that university right now because of this. Are
0: they I, – I don't know if it's just the era I grew up in, Jared, but San Diego State never scared me as a – growing up a Wyoming fan. They never – they seem to be lower than Wyoming, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. I mean, I remember the days when San Diego State basketball, was that was an automatic win on the road every year. They were awful. Tony Gwynn was their best player of all time up until
1: 10, – Ten years ago? Yeah,
0: up until Fisher came in yeah. and, and uh, you know, what they've done. It's incredible what they've done. But I think what people don't recognize, too, is – and they, they, keep thinking, they keep thinking San Diego State was just in the Final Four. That's great. But basketball does not drive the frickin' bus. At all. they got a brand-new football stadium they didn't sell out last year. They have not had – they've been okay in football. They've had their moments where they've been really good. They've been okay. But if you want to get down to it, since they joined the – they won one WAC title the whole time they were in the WAC. I was just looking at this the other day. They've won four four titles total since they've been in the same conference with Wyoming. Um, San Diego, as you know, is not really focused on the Aztecs. I'm sure they were during the NCAA tournament, during the Final Four. They probably weren't in the NCAA tournament until they got to the Final Four, though. I know it's San Diego and it's a bigger market, but that the Pac-12 is getting ready to lose its two LA institutions and the second largest media market in the United States of America. What is the Pac-12 even going to be worth? I mean, I, I, I just don't. When you lose those programs, I don't know about you, Jared, but I'd rather uh, have a prostate exam from Shaq than watch Cal play anyone or watch Stanford play anyone. What kind of juice does that conference even have, and what are they thinking?
1: Well, and you think there's been so many reports out there, the next two that would go to the Big Ten would be Oregon and Washington. Then they're toast. Well, I don't see either um, state legislated, Legislatures, mm-hmm. um, may, allowing that to happen. The governors aren't going to allow that to happen. They're not going to split Washington, and Washington State up. Those are those are un, state universities, right? They're not going to split those up. Phil Knight's gonna not going to allow Oregon and Oregon State to um, break up. Yeah, Oregon State, even though he went to Oregon, Oregon State is still very dear to him. He has donated a ton of money to Oregon State as well. He's ruined their
0: uniforms too. Yeah,
1: and they're yeah. and they're a Nike school as well. Yeah. And Beaverton's closer to Corvallis, I believe, than it is to Eugene. Yeah, I think so, you are right. Um, I, I just don't see that scenario
0: going down. Why would San Diego State want to plant their flag with something that's on such shaky ground in the first place? They don't even have a media deal yet. They're going to be on some streaming service that nobody's going to watch. Most of the country's asleep by the time any of these boar fests even take place. So if you're not gambling, who the hell's even watching that crap in the first place? Without the LA markets, I'd watch USC.
1: But that media deal, no matter what it is, is still going to be
0: more than what they're getting from the Mountain West. Yeah, it will be. But how long? How long is that going to last? Because yeah. if they fold, or you know, Oregon and Washington, like you said, or Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, go to the Big Twelve. Well, with all the layoffs
1: it. that ESPN has been doing again True. just recently. True. They just opened up some more money.
0: (laughs) Or it's a good point that they don't have money. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a fantastic point. I didn't even correlate those two things. But is the – yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like the Pac-12 is – and I know I'm biased. I think the Pac-12 is – I think that's garbage. I I hate it. I don't know how you feel about it. I cannot watch – Arizona, Arizona State does nothing for me. The Civil War in Oregon does nothing for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just – I think it's horrendous football.
1: I watch um, Arizona State when they're on stuff like that, just because I have friends that are I have ties to them and stuff like that, and and I could care less about Utah and CU being a part of it. Yeah. And in all reality, those two schools should be in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I would love to see Colorado yeah. back
0: in the Big Twelve, but I think they would snatch up Arizona and Arizona State in a heartbeat. And even if they snatch those two up and only those two, what's left? I mean, I I don't know. I and you know, they're the TV partners or the streaming partners, they're going to have a big fat clause in this thing that's like you start losing people, we re, re, we renegotiate immediately. But,
1: Cody, the
0: NFL's on streaming only as well now. Yeah. I so mean, so it's 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 all going that way. I'm not so much shitting on the streaming part of it is it's just the, the what what is the Pac-12 worth without those LA schools in that market?
1: Well, there's also, and we said it from the beginning too, USC and UCLA going all the way to Rutgers for a conference game is just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be
0: sustainable. Yeah, especially a conference softball game.
1: That's what I'm saying. Football <laughs> yeah. is one thing. <laughs> yeah. But
0: even basketball,
1: that's yeah. a long road trip to play. Um, you play maybe Rutgers on a Thursday maryland on a sunday yeah that's still a long road trip for two games
0: yeah the road trip's going to be taxing for the student athletes it's not going to be as taxing for their uh, wallets because the big 10 will now have chicago la and basically new york
1: but it, it's it's it just seems so silly for that to go on and yeah the the athletes are now paid for play you know type <laughs> of a deal and stuff like that but it's still it's still just not going to work out in my opinion in the long run they will probably end up back in a, in a league on the, on the west coast somewhere.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you, you are, I guess it would be safe to say, an avid listener of Dan Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw a tweet from them. I'm sure you saw the same tweet yesterday that said, San Diego State's very much in play, so is SMU still for the Pac-12. Their secondary options might be UNLV and Boise State. Sources say. I don't buy that. <laughs> no, me neither. And even UNLV
1: has all these new resources now. I mean, they have, they have facilities. They're playing in the Raiders stadium, all this kind of stuff. They're still not winning. No. They still bring nothing to the table. And even though for many years they were number one in Las Vegas for sports teams, now they're, they're three. Easy. Raiders. And the Golden Knights, and it's
0: UNLV basketball, yeah, three, not and, football.
1: And they're going to have a baseball team
0: before we know it. Yeah, and they'll have an NBA team before we know it. So how many eyes are how many eyes in the Las Vegas Valley are actually on UNLV football? I mean, none. Less than five percent, probably gamblers.
1: Well, yeah. Besides gamblers, <laughs> they're actual fans, yeah, probably less than five percent. Yeah, because nobody
0: in Vegas is from Vegas. They don't yep. care about the Rebels. They
1: don't support them. No hell no. And whoever is going to those games,
0: they're for the visiting teams. Yeah, but I think Boise State's even less of a of a chance because they're in no man's land geographically, for one. For two, they're not exactly known for their academics. And isn't that what the Pac-10, Pac-12 was based on in the first place was excellence in athletics and excellence in the classroom and having medical schools and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and that's been... Tossed aside, apparently,
1: on, <laughs> on, the, uh, on the medical school side of it anyway. That, that, that's been removed, I believe.
0: Yeah. Um, but Well, I think Wazoo is probably the only one that doesn't have a medical school, and I might even be wrong on that. Yeah, and I'm not sure either. but And SMU fits the mold more because, you know, you've been by SMU. I mean, it's yuppies, it's rich lawyers, and it's a fancy campus and rich campus and all that stuff. If anything, that would fit more, and it gets them in the Dallas market. Even Mm -hmm. though we're we're realists here, it's all Longhorns and Aggies in the Dallas market. Well, it's all about being in the state of Texas for recruiting. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I get asked about it all the time. Obviously, none of us have a real answer what's going on. I just can't imagine that San Diego State was dumb enough because you mentioned all the channels that would have had to go through before it came to the Mountain West doorstep. And they had to have gotten some promises that are just... And what I bet happened, Jared, is they got the promise, but... Now now they're telling them, well, wait, we got to wait, we got to wait, we got to wait. And I wonder what the Pac-12's thinking about this, that San Diego State jumped the gun like that. Because it kind of, in my opinion, kind of outed them that they, to me, there's no way San Diego State just did this on a whim. They had to have had a promise. They had to have. And unless somebody
1: went rogue and (laughs) had access to this release and said, you know what, let's put it out there.
0: See what happens.
1: I mean, seriously, what else could it be? Yeah.
0: I read a quote from uh, former Mountain West Commissioner Thompson. He was asked last year at Mountain West Media Days about San Diego State. And he's like, well, if they get another uh, – the quote was something to the degree of, well, if they get a bigger opportunity, best of luck to them. They've been a great uh, partner in the Mountain West. Uh, it sounds like Miss Glory is not uh, not playing that. And why would Thompson even say stuff like that? It sounds – it gives off the appearance that he's just like, oh, they're bigger, so see you later. A bigger conference game knocking, see you later. And it's like, why don't you fight? At least get some money out of them.
1: And a lot of it, he probably didn't want to fight the hypothetical.
0: Sure. Publicly, especially. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's interesting. And then, of course, then when the rumors start going, then CSU's name gets tossed into stuff. And my bottom line is when people ask me about this, and I'm sure I've talked about it on the show, is I need CSU to be with Wyoming. Period. Other than that, I don't care where we end up. I don't care... If the Mountain West end, ends up being a skeleton, as long as we're with CSU, no matter what conference we're in, that's what I care about. And I don't know how others feel about that, but that's where I'm coming
1: from. Or if they do jump to a different conference, um, there has to be a 50-year agreement signed that they're going to play in every sport for 50 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be the only thing that would make me yep. feel any kind of better. Here's the other thing that keeps coming up, and I'd love to hear your feelings on it because I definitely have mine. People go – Well, if the Mountain West loses San Diego State, who are they going to add? Uh, You don't need to add anyone, in my opinion, for starters. Uh, And you certainly don't downgrade just to add another team and add another mouth to feed. And I keep hearing, what about Montana and Montana State? Uh, That's a big, absolute hell no for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's a gigantic hell no
1: Yeah, and it's the same with North Dakota State as a possibility
0: and all this kind of stuff. No. um, Why do we want to feed – another few mouths and give them, why do you want to give them a handout? Because yep. it's a regional thing. Obviously, regional things are toast. And by the way, from where we're at in Cheyenne, Albuquerque's closer than Bozeman. Albuquerque's closer than Missoula. Vegas might even be closer than those places. Definitely Fargo. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 Tom Berman has talked to me about it numerous times. You don't, you're not going to hand stuff. You know, we're not in the business of helping people out here and saying, hey, come on, so we can just add a couple of teams. That's, I keep hearing UTEP. I loved when Wyoming used to play UTEP in the WAC. Mm-hmm. What in the hell do they bring or offer the Mountain West? And don't tell me Texas, because that's Mexico. Yeah. It's not Texas. That's Mexico or New Mexico. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah, when's the last time you've seen a football player
1: playing in Laramie from, U- from El Paso?
0: Never. Yeah. Never. And the ones in West Texas where there is really good high school football, Texas Tech. Yep. So. And then the next ones are going to UTEP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to shit on UTEP here. I mean, love yep. Dana Demel's done a great job down there, but it's not what can we do for you. It's what can you do for us. And I, I hear New Mexico State tossed around. Why in the hell would you want that? They don't bring anything to the table. Yep. Like none of those teams do. So I think San Diego State leaves. They leave and that's why i think they've done a really good job
1: the mountain west that is by not speculating on anything
0: yeah. moving forward
1: like who could be um potential it's yeah. a, it's all hearsay from the from so-called national and regional sp- journalists and or sportscasters yeah
0: they're just trying to get clicks sure yeah because so. okay so right now if if say say the mountain west needed to add where we, where do you even go <laughs> one that comes to my mind that's strictly because of its area has nothing to do with anything else would be North Texas or UTSA.
1: And yes, you need to be in the Texas smart, the state of Texas market. Yeah. But those are the two, right? UTSA is probably more so. Yeah. Um, I th- believe they would need to build a basketball arena. I mean, North Texas has a nice basketball arena. They have a new football stadium, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, UTSA is still playing in the Alamo Dome, which is very outdated yeah. in today's.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm actually surprised they play so many games there, like with all-star games and bowl games yep. and stuff like that.
1: Um, they, because they don't have an on-campus football stadium, and their on-campus basketball arena is called the Convocation Center. And it's a, it's a glorified gym. Because wow. um, when, I, when I worked there 20-some years ago, it was, it was used by the physical education department. Um, the students use it for their weightlifting. So there could be like choir on stage
0: while the basketball
1: team's practicing. There was—I'm not kidding you—in the <laughs> upper deck there was cages where there was w- the weight room for the physical education department,
0: <laughs> where they keep the dodgeballs and the volleyballs. <laughs> it was for PE class. It was—it was weird. And and the basement <laughs> was locker rooms for those folks. Wow. Yeah, it was—it was really a weird deal. Well, maybe now that their football team's making some noise, they'll start putting some money back in, but. To me, those are the only two that obviously come to mind. I, I can't think of anything else. I am certainly never going to be in the camp of let's throw a bone to some FCS teams up in middle of nowhere, Montana, and I'm really not trying to dump on those teams. I'm just saying it's not – we're not looking – the Mountain West isn't in the business of helping people, and I know some people's argument might be, well, San Jose State. I know a lot of people don't have love for San Jose State, but in reality – they probably have the richest alumni base in the world, even though they don't have an alumni. I mean, they don't have an alumni base that's active and cares. Uh, they're one of the only teams in the Mountain West, in fact, that does not have a collective, which we'll get into here in a second.
1: But you, you just say that? You think about all the money they're putting into their facilities they are. recently,
0: though. They are. And that's probably just a couple of donors. Yeah. I mean, the money there is ridiculous. And they're right in the Bay Area. I mean, so theoretically, I, I mean, when I, was in the, when I went to the last San Jose State-Wyoming game out there, I'm in the bar at the airport having a drink, and the guy goes, what are you guys doing here? Uh, I thought Stanford was on the road this week. And I said, uh, Wyoming played San Jose State. And he goes, I didn't even know San Jose State played, and I go there. And it was the most pathetic. The stadium was absolutely pathetic. The tailgating was non-existent. There was actually a guy sitting by the door handing out beers to people as they were coming in just to find a friend. What about the duck? The duck <laughs> – I don't know if the duck was there. The crazy guy with the banjo was. He was there, but – the, and Brett Brennan, to me, is one of the best coaches in the west of the Mississippi. He's one of the best coaches in the Mountain West. They are so lucky to have him, and they need to strike while the iron's hot with him. And um, it, it's going to look better. I mean, they are putting in some money, but my God, I mean, they couldn't be more irrelevant in their own city. It, it, really. I mean, they are so irrelevant, but there's so much money that if you get one guy excited about stuff, that could make that could get you a building. Well, and... We'll find out more after the um, July 17th
1: meeting that is coming up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quick. It's, it's the Mountain West meeting, folks. Yeah. Um, so, board of directors, that we will know more of what they decide to do uh,
0: with San Diego State and how they move forward. Yeah. Um, I would imagine Las Vegas is going to be uh, questions galore about the Aztecs. And
1: yeah, because the headline is San Diego State's status in Mountain West, in the Mountain West remains in limbo. And then it just goes on to say that, uh, you know, the conference um, leadership is going to meet on the 17th to discuss San Diego State's future and status with
0: the conference. So, yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know if limbo is the right word. They're toast. Yeah. Yeah. As of now, they're playing that hard. Mountain West is playing hardball that hard <laughs> that they're not... And they said you re- you resigned. And you mentioned
1: it earlier. The financial implications are wide. As an exit fee, could cost San Diego State an estimated seventeen million dollars. Additionally, the conference will withhold six point six million in funds from the university if they were to leave. Yes. So they're not going to get
0: as of now. They're not going to get a dime this year for playing football. <laughs> that's that's hardball, folks. I love it. Craig Thompson would have done this.
1: I don't think he would have either. Um, but. Gloria is not the only one that makes this decision. She has a lot of influence, obviously, but there's a lot of new presidents, a couple new ADs. You know, just all, they all have this
0: say-so and influence on Gloria on what she does. Isn't that kind of scary, though? When, you know, we met Wyoming's president, Seidel, He, he doesn't know what a football looks like. I mean, let's be real.
1: A lot of the influence that these presidents are on the leadership committee, they meet with the ADs before they go to these meetings. Okay. And yeah, it's not just them.
0: I was going to say, I mean, that's a a terrifying thought. I mean, and it's not just Wyoming's president. It's probably every president. Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, Boise State's president did go to Wyoming and she is at every single Boise State event. And I think she actually has a clue what the hell's going on.
1: But they're still more focused on academics, yes. which they should be. Yes. But they also know what drives the train, and that is college football and
0: college athletics in a whole. You know Tom Berman well enough over the years. What do you think's going through his mind right now? I mean, I hate to put you on the spot like that, but I wonder what he's thinking about San Diego State. Does he look at them as a cash cow, or does he look at them as saying, get out, see ya?
1: I mean, I'm sure that he – he likes the, I wouldn't call it a rivalry, but he likes the competition against San Diego State because basketball, yep. that's what everybody's striving to be in and have been for the last 12 to 15 years. Yes. They want to be San Diego State. Um, so that, that's that. Uh, Football-wise,
0: um, Wyoming's done okay against them, not great against them. 19 and 19. Yep. Um, Which is embarrassing on Wyoming's end, in my opinion.
1: Well, it's also embarrassing on San Diego State's end um, to be that way against everybody in the league because of all the talent that they have in California and on those rosters, the NFL guys at that school puts out, but they can't put together a championship or a winning team sometimes.
0: Guess where Easton Gibbs is from. <laughs> I mean, for real. Uh, we've talked about it off the air. If, if San Diego State ever had a quarterback in their life, they would have been in the Pac-12 – 100 years ago. Yep. And Just no th- quarterback play.
1: They did put out the greatest broadcaster in Wyoming history,
0: though. They did. Dave Walsh. They did. The voice. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, but they've had studs all along. Just it seems like at the quarterback spot, they have never figured it out. And how could you not accidentally stumble upon somebody in your own backyard? Hank Bachmeyer, for instance, who wasn't a, a great Mountain West quarterback. He's from San Diego. You don't think he could have done some wonders in the Aztecs offense with the defense they have? Well, and
1: what about the tight ends that they've had? Oh, The running backs that they've had. Yeah. It's just that list goes on. And the and defense, Yeah. Kyle Turley. They've yeah, had some dudes. I mean, that, Kyle
0: Turley was born in Provo, Utah and he went to San Diego state. Can you believe that guy was born in Provo, Utah? Not with what comes out of his <laughs> mouth. No. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting, but to be honest with you, Jared, maybe it's not very journalistic of me. I don't, like even thinking about I just kind of maybe I'm reactive to this stuff nowadays if San Diego State leaves San Diego State leaves I to me I'm not I'm not going to cry about it no me neither
1: Uh, some fans will be upset that they don't get to go there for a football (laughs) game every three or four years whatever that rotation is now right but realistically that was never a fun game to go to because that marine layer—it's always a night game. Yeah, the marine layer comes in. It's cold. Fires usually
0: in that area too. Yeah, around the times wyoming has been there.
1: It's—I don't know. It's—it's it's not the greatest trip because you're not. A lot of times you're not staying down on the beach.
0: Yeah, it's just. Well, the stadium was hot dog shit. Yeah. I mean, now I'm sure it's beautiful. I'd love to go see their new one. Yeah. Just to say that I've been there, but well, and I read from San Diego State fans that weren't filling the place up. They were saying it was so brutally, miserably hot during those September games. There's no shade,
1: and that's the thing. All of a sudden, they they were doing day games. Day games, yeah. And they didn't have. They don't have like. I don't want to canopy. I don't want yeah, to yeah. call them roofs, but yeah. they don't have overlays right. that actually gave anybody
0: shade. Yeah. Well, it, it just. You know, I've been to a couple of games in San Diego, too, and they couldn't be further off the radar in that city anyway, and that city doesn't even have the chargers anymore. Yep. And they're just not relevant at all. You walk downtown in the, what is it, the gaslight, gas lamp district, gas lamp, whatever yeah. it's called, you walk down there and there's like sports flags flying all over the place off these buildings and stuff, and not one of them is San Diego State University. I'm sure they all jumped on board in the Final Four, but. That's,
1: that's the way Chicago is. Yeah. Um, there's a sports bar for every team in the Big Ten, sure, yeah. every other team, every NHL team, but you didn't see any northwestern flags, yeah. <laughs> yeah they were all these sports bars like you go there to watch your teams, and it says like on Saturdays Game Day Saturdays, home of the Michigan Wolverines yeah home of the Notre Dame fighting it was
0: yeah and Denver has that to a degree yeah. as well. But, yeah, San Diego State just – and I haven't looked up the numbers, but I wouldn't be surprised if their basketball team averaged more fans than their football team did this year. Probably 19,000 for, for basketball. That, that arena only sits like 13, doesn't it? I thought it was bigger. Um, well, I might be wrong on this, but they, the basketball, no, but, no doubt. Well,
1: revenue-wise, because of the courtside – yeah. Absolutely, I bet your revenue. It was probably up there. Football. It's it's like every school. They they announced the sold tickets. So if they're saying there was thirty four thousand there, there was probably fifteen actual. But then they factor in all those season tickets right, that right. were sold that nobody uses. A lot of those donors do buy the tickets. They just don't get them into people's hands to use them, or yeah. nobody wants to use
0: them. Yeah, probably the latter. Yeah, it was one of the. Most empty stadiums this side of Fort Collins this year, that's for sure. Whoa. <laughs> All right, let's get into this NIL deal. Wyoming finally launched their, Wyoming fans, I should say, launched the first ever collective One Wyoming, or One Y.O., Mitch Edwards, Steve Gosar, Jason Rosler, and Jason Ta- Tangeman. Tangeman, yep. Over at Laramie, four buddies, couple of lawyers in there, CPA in there. Financial advisor. Probably, uh, probably the four guys you want doing something like this, right?
1: Most likely, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to promote this, um, how they are going to take the time out of their true day jobs yeah. to go visit with folks about this, to go solicit
0: donations,
1: Yeah, uh, they just can't sit back and think that it's going to happen.
0: That people are just going to click and donate.
1: And um, yeah, I know we're only in day two of it right now, but at the same time, a lot of these collectives across the country have full-time staff members, yeah.
0: not just volunteers. Well, and in talking to Mitch, he said that they are going to eventually get into the volunteers, interns... Stuff like that because he said he's put he's put a lot of time into the a lot more time than he expected. Yeah,
1: so I, I was actually visiting with a friend yesterday who's still in the in the business, and I asked him specifically how many of the collectives you know have full time people, and he goes damn near all of them. Yeah, and he said some of the schools in the conference he's in, they he even knows that these collectives are hiring away development officers from the universities. So that means they're not only just hiring them away, they're paying very well. They're providing benefits and they're paying more than university because we all know that if you work for a university, that 401k and that retirement program is some of the best out there. Right. So these collectives are matching that or doing more to, to woo them away. So I want this to be successful. Obviously I want the university of Wyoming to be successful in every sport that they have, but I don't know if the way this is set up is going to be sustainable without a full-time leadership or two or three positions.
0: Yeah. It's a great point. And Mitch mentioned that they're not going to take a salary whatsoever. They're not taking any money. The only money they're going to use is to put into keeping a website, maintaining that in the domain and stuff like that. Other than that, this is all going to student athletes. So it's a really good thought, and it's cool that they took the reins and did this because Wyoming needs it. I mean, in speaking to Jeff Linder, he flat out said, this is the elephant in the room here. Would any of those guys stayed if Wyoming had an NIL or had this collective at the time? No, probably not.
1: Well, and, and you're seeing there's lawsuits out there right now that these collective so-called guarantee these incoming student-athletes amount of money yeah. they sign get on campus.
0: That guarantee no longer there. Yeah, and Mitch said they're absolutely not going to be in that game whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I asked him specifically, Are you going to be in the, you know, talking to recruits and stuff? No way. Yeah. But
1: the coaches are going to be in their ears 24 yeah. 7. How much do you have to give me? Right. And it's going to wear them out to where I don't see how they're going to be able to do this and their day jobs. There's, There's no way.
0: Man. Yeah, it's an interesting proposition. I know, too, you know, the unique position that Wyoming is in is there's already the foundation, the Cowboy Joe Club, uh, renovations. Those people all have their hands out, and it's such a limited pool of people. And I saw a guy comment yesterday on social and say, so should I cut my Cowboy Joe in half and give half to this and half to Cowboy Joe? That can't be news. good news to the ears of Cowboy Joe Club guys.
1: No, and there are some universities out. So this is supposed to be... These collectives are, have nothing right. to do with the university yeah. or the athletics
0: department. Private incorporation,
1: allegedly. Quote, unquote. <laughs> um, but there are universities out there, and one specifically that has been named is Texas, that they are providing priority points on the donation side to give these donors priority points back
0: to their account. For parking and seats. and
1: That is totally against the new rules yes or the rules and there's other schools doing it too but is the ncaa going to do anything about it and what can they do about it yeah they can't they can't just say well this guy did it for this sport so we're going to cut them five scholarships i don't know how they would do it collectively because it's for the collective
0: sure well, and right now the NCAA is, is toothless, as we know. Um, but the one thing that is interesting to me, you look at a lot of these collectives, you go on that on3.com or whatever and look at the collectives around the country, so many of them are geared toward football or toward basketball. Wyoming's is open to every sport. Do you like that? I get the fairness of it, but wouldn't it be better served if it was just football or just maybe even more so just men's basketball. Cuz you can make some money in basketball. I mean there's only a handful of guys on the team and only a handful of guys that are actually going to make money their fair market value per se.
1: I mean this we should really have Mitch on the show so we can ask him these questions directly yeah. because it's the same way that the question I just brought up about them not gonna have time to do this and are they gonna hire somebody full-time type of a deal and Mitch if I'm sure you're gonna listen to this podcast please text us and let us know your
0: answers to those questions yeah and I and I asked him about that kind of stuff and he just went the fair route of you know some you know some women's basketball players need to can make some money or fans are geared toward wrestling and they want to put their stuff toward wrestling and that's fine. I mean, it's it's totally fine. I get it, but it's. I mean, that's a lot. It's gonna be a lot of work. It's like you said. It's gonna be a ton of work. And then you know, let's just be real here. Football and basketball are the money makers, and that's where those are the teams that put ten to twenty, thirty thousand people in the seats. But this last year, if Wyoming had ten grand in their
1: wrestling coffers to keep a Stephen Buchanan, maybe who yeah. could have been a national champion, sure. I mean, would that have worked? I, you know, and that that, that brings Adidas money back to school. Yeah. Um, there's because all these different outlying contracts. Sure. And notoriety to the university. Yeah. So
0: no, it makes a lot of sense. It's just, I guess I'm trying to think like, put myself in Mitch's shoes about how oh. busy this is going to be. Like, hey, here's a hundred dollars. Can you, can you get one of our uh, female swimmers to go? sign autographs at uh, the pool or something in Laramie for the Boys and Girls Club.
1: Well, and these charities that it's set up for, too, is not just Shine and Laramie. Right. It's statewide. Right. So are they really going to pay enough to get two – throw it out there, football players – to drive to Cody, Wyoming mm-hmm. in June to be a part of the Charities for a Cause Yeah, deal that um, – happened this last weekend up right, there. Right, I mean, are they really going to go up there for that? I don't know if they will or not. Yeah.
0: Man, it's a weird proposition. It's just weird, man. This whole thing is bizarre, and um, I get where some fans are coming from, too. I mean, we got some older fans for sure that are like, I'm not paying I'm not paying these kids. I mean, it's taking away the integrity of the game and all that. I get where you're coming from, but it's real- it's the reality yeah. of things now. And it's not going back the other way. No. The toothpaste is officially out of the tube. So <laughs> excited to see what happens. I know, you know, we had Tom Berman on the show and he was telling us that Hunter Maldonado really worked it and was one of the more successful, higher paid guys in the Mountain West. And that was without a collective. And
1: I I actually heard his totals and I'm not going to say it here, but it was substantial. He did pretty well. It, huh? Yeah, he did very well. Good. Um, you and I would have been happy with it. I know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> to go shake some hands and kiss some babies. Yeah. That'd be all right. Um, and... Bring up Hunter Maldonado. Yeah, good luck for to him the rest yeah. of the way in the, um, in the summer league and the NBA. He's playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's got a couple games under his belt so far, and played really well in one, and okay in the other one. But yeah. he's getting PT. Yeah, you see absolutely. a lot of those DNPs did not play he's on those rosters, but he's getting playing time.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see you, man. I talked to him the night before he went to Oklahoma. He didn't have uh, time to do an interview, but he only uh, one. That guy, a guy like that, all he wants is a chance, and he's going to go there and go to work and see what happens. So um, I know three-point shooting was an emphasis that he was hoping to work on during the season, and I think if the season would have gone the way we all expected it to go, he probably would have taken a hell of a lot more threes and been in the position to do that. Just the way things went, he really didn't have a lot of chances. Uh, Graham E.K. was supposed to step back and take a lot of threes last year as well. (laughs) So we all know how that went. But in Game 1... I believe he was two of three from three. I think he hit one, but he was two of three from the field. Okay. Six points, 13 minutes, uh, hustle plays, stuff we're used to seeing. Talking out the side of my mouth again. (laughs) Let's look this
1: up. Just a second. They did win their first game. Yep. They lost their second game. Uh, Yet he was two of three from the field, one of one from three point range, excuse me, five rebounds, two assists, and two fouls. In the second game, he, had fi- he was in foul trouble. He had five fouls, so I don't know who he was trying to guard for the other team,
0: but obviously he was a little quicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two, just to touch on it real quick, because we haven't been on in a while. Um, unfortunately, the, the death of uh, Jim Brandenburg was announced uh, last week. He died at 87 years old in the Austin, Texas area. Of course, he coached the Cowboys to three NCAA tournaments, four WAC championships, including a conference championship, tur- tournament championship, I should say, is included in that. Uh, you know, brought in guys like Fennis Dembo and Eric Lechner and all those guys and all the names we still talk about to this day.
1: Four NBA guys, I believe, during that time, or may- was it five? Yeah, Charles Bradley.
0: Um, Bill Garnett. Bill Garnett. Yeah. Fennis and Eric. Yep. I was thinking there might have been one more in there, but. He had some dudes. Yep. Uh You know, and, of course, Sean Dent, guys like that, Turk Boyd, guys that uh, guys that we still talk about to this day. I mean, <laughs> the they're on the front of Sports Illustrated. They, and I know that happened after Brandenburg, but he's the one who found Fennis Dembo. And, and, and in talking to Finnis, you know, I was like, he told me about growing up in San Antonio and when he, uh, when he committed to Wyoming, even his own friends and stuff going, Where the hell is Wyoming? And then he said, It's a big misconception that I wasn't recruited heavily. Louisville came in, uh, a couple of uh, Clemson, I want to say, a couple of big schools came in late on Finnis, but he had already committed to Jim Brandenburg. Not to Wyoming, per se, but Jim Brandenburg. So he stuck to his commitment, and he went. And um, that's the kind of sway that this guy had. And I only had—I was only fortunate to talk to uh, Jim one time on the phone, and, and it was for that Finnis Dembo story back in 2019. And uh, I'll never forget the funniest thing he said. He, he was just a great, compassionate coach and all that and said great stuff about Finnis. Also said he was worried about Finnis because of what happened, you know, in his personal life with with killing the home invader and and things of that nature. He was worried about his mental well-being and things like that. But then he goes, Can we shift the focus a little bit to this current Wyoming team? He's like, I could go find five morons playing on a court here in downtown Austin that could beat this team. <laughs> so he also was quick. He paid a lot of attention to the Cowboys. He always did. I think, you know, if you read between the lines, it was probably a pretty big regret in his life to go to San Diego State and leave the guys behind that he had at Wyoming after making that sweet 16 run. It sounds to me like it was a contract dispute. Um, This guy was here for the building of the AA. Um, He was a very big part of planning the arena auditorium. That's why he's having a memorial service there on uh, July 15th. Um, He he was just huge in bringing Wyoming to the national forefront. And then San Diego State was horrible back then. And he thought that he could do that there. Yeah.
1: And he found out in a hurry that it... Couldn't be done during that era.
0: And I read quotes from him uh, during that time when he accepted that job. And he said, you can't recruit the same kind of guys we recruited at Wyoming. <clears throat> why? <laughs> I mean, imagine those guys in San Diego, they would have tore it up. Those, that group would have tore it up no matter where they went. But I think it was a contract dispute. I think it came down to stuff like that. Um, I always planned to do a story with him to say, Hey, really let's cut it. Tell me exactly why the hell you left.
1: And back then, uh, you know, contracts weren't that large. Yeah, I mean, he was it was in the hundred thousand dollar range. Well, the head
0: coach. Yeah, and he thought he deserved more. And yeah, I think we can all agree he probably did. But even if he was going to get
1: one hundred and fifty in San Diego at that time, yeah. cost of living was going to
0: wipe that out anyway. Yeah, taxes. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So, yeah. and San Diego State was terrible. I yep. mean, they really were. They were truly terrible. They, uh, he, kn- I don't even think he finished five hundred one year coaching there, and I think he was there for four years. Uh, and four days later, after the Cowboys were bounced out of the NCAA tournament, that's when he left and took that job. And uh, he compiled a record of 176 and 97 in Laramie, and, and he claimed a whack coach of the year three times. I mean, he was here for a long, long time, too. So um, just sad because I know he stayed in touch with Kevin McKinney, especially all these years, and he loved the Wyoming Cowboys. That never. That never wavered. And you know what? Uh, something that's not talked about often enough, and I'm glad for that, is he actually went to Colorado State. <laughs> who would have <laughs> ever thought? <laughs> yeah, I don't have a
1: lot of angst for the people who went to him when they were especially called A&M, yeah. you know, the Aggies <laughs> and stuff like that. If anybody wears that green and gold now, it just irritates Aren't me. Aren't they
0: orange and green? Well, they were. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean,
1: they have, Or they
0: have red, white, and blue. Oh, yeah. They've got UNIs it all, do and all that kind of stuff. So, anyway. Is it any coincidence that Wyoming's strategic plan also came out the day that 1YO was announced? No, not really, because that usually does come out after the fiscal year starts. Okay. Yeah, after July 1 type deal. So Yeah, it just seemed a little seemed a little too perfect, I guess. Uh, Chase Rullier, former Wyoming center, uh, of course, helped lead the Cowboys to the uh, D- Mountain Division title in 2016. He is retiring after six years in the NFL. He was awesome. Literally a story of just injuries cutting a career short.
1: And he was considered when he was healthy one of the best
0: centers in the league. Yeah, he had a forty-five million dollar extension. Yep. I mean, it's how much of good. that was guaranteed? I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure, but I think he'll be okay. Just send,
1: yeah, he's going to be fine. And plus, he's smart as hell.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, he, he'll have a bright future no matter what he does. But you know these. Major injuries like that, a broken leg and a torn ACL, those take a toll on a guy, and he's got a he has got a family. Yeah. He's, he wants to think about his future and wants to be able to walk. Walk. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: <clears throat> good for him. Yep. Yeah, good career. I know it was cut short. Six years isn't a ton, but I mean, he didn't exactly play for good football teams either. He was definitely the anchor yep. of that offensive line.
1: Well, speaking of NFL, how about the yep. news that came out yesterday? Mark Sepps and Tashaun Gibson and Logan Wilson.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they uh they made some money doing their job.
1: Yeah, and it's that the NFL released their incentive based salaries um, based on number of games played, number of snaps played, um, tackles, interceptions, whatever it may be. You know, there's every contract has something different yeah. in it. But Marcus Epps led the NFL in in incentive based pay with eight hundred eighty thousand dollars. What I read, he doubled his salary. Yeah,
0: in the process.
1: Yeah, because it was because he was on the league minimum.
0: Yeah. And Logan Wilson's still on his rookie contract, so he's probably got a ton of incentives in there too. Which,
1: everything you're hearing and reading, that's going to be done before the season starts. Yeah.
0: Well, and to Sean Gibson, I mean, the guy just doesn't quit. You know, he came in. The thing with him, you know his contract was nothing but incentive-laced. Yeah. I mean, he had a very low base salary. He comes in for the 49ers, leads them in interceptions, leads them to the NFC title game. Um guy just doesn't quit man I, I loved watching him in Laramie he, he obviously played corner and safety and he was just he just keeps ticking man he's such a good player and he's such a ball hawk I, I, he's got more than 30 interceptions in this league
1: well I was telling you before we went on the air I, where I heard about this Marcus Epps story and the in the incentive based pay that came out I was listening to a college sports program on um, satellite yesterday Yes, folks, I do listen to Satellite every once in a while because we can't get these (laughs) programs anywhere else. Um, But anyway, uh, it was uh, afternoon college. It's mostly college football talk. It's Jacob Hester and Rob Harstock. Uh, One played at LSU. The other played at Ohio State. And they're bring this up. And Rob said, yeah, this – Marcus Epps, it looks like he was an undrafted free agent, um, played at Wisconsin. So I tweeted at Hester. I didn't have the other guy's stuff. And he goes, and they came back on the air, hey, hey, we just got this tweet. And he said my name. And he goes, by the way, that was Rob that said that, not me. He goes, and then Rob took full ownership of it, saying that he, uh, he goes he shouldn't have assumed he saw the W and just, said Wisconsin, and then they did say that he was drafted, not undrafted, all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. and then Jacob Hester brings up Bucky Bechert, our friend from Torrington. Yeah, that's awesome. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I, he goes, I, he goes, I played with a guy in training camp. He was one of the toughest dudes I ever lined up with. And he goes, but he, I think he had a skull in his mouth when he ate, when he drank, and when he played. I he said imagine. he couldn't run a runner out. But if he was running a straight line, you want to get out of his way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a fullback to me, damn it. It So he's talking about Wade Betchert. That's awesome. That's a great name. When you were bringing up the tight end thing, I'm thinking, who was that? Maybe a Tyree Mayfield or an Austin Ford or something like that. But these guys are older. That would have made perfect sense. Yeah,
1: and I had to remember that Wade went to a training camp. Yeah.
0: What team, though? Oh, boy.
1: Did they say Tennessee? Tennessee or Carolina,
0: maybe. Tennessee, I think, sounds right. But yeah. yeah, he's he's one of the good ones for sure. He's oh, an yeah. actual Wyoming cowboy.
1: Yeah, boy. I mean, he even though he lives down south.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: pays those state income taxes in Colorado, Wade. Yeah, yeah. But anyway,
0: uh, also uh, Wyoming announced game times for Portland State, New Mexico. If you missed that one, uh, New Mexico or uh, Portland State actually Saturday, September 9th. Uh, that'll be a two p.m. kickoff. Actually, both games are two p.m. kickoffs, but New Mexico uh, September thirtieth. That is homecoming as well at Orr Memorial Stadium. So, starting to come together here. Uh, Texas Tech, of course, at 5.30 in the opener on the second. Portland State, two at Texas at six, which, by the way, if you missed it, there's a story on on 7220 Sports right now. Texas was uh, named the preseason favorite yesterday in the Big 12 by a wide margin with 41 first-place votes. That's the thing. It was the first-place votes. Yeah, ton of first-place votes. Wow. And out of
1: 60... was it sixty-one votes? And they Something got forty-one like that. of them. Yeah. Something like that. yeah, yeah.
0: And Texas Tech, actually got four first-place votes. They were picked to finish fourth. Uh, Texas just man going through like the first-teamers and the selections and stuff. You're just like, yeah, they're they're gonna be they, loaded. They always look good on paper. I though. know, I know. And they and they are they are loaded. But yeah, like you say, they always are. It's just a they look a little extra loaded this year. And I think I read a story yesterday, a little bit of a story that said. If Texas doesn't win the big twelve in their last year in this conference, they're in for they're going to get a hurt and put on them.
1: Well, what the hell is Oklahoma? Yeah,
0: I mean, they're third in those polls big year for them I mean <laughs>
1: Kansas state's ahead of them, yeah, and yeah, it's a huge year for them because yeah. they really had the
0: expectations when they go to the SEC that they're going to compete mm-hmm. Ooh, not to mention that forty nine nothing burger they took in the Cotton Bowl last year against Texas. Yeah, against a eight an eight and five Texas team. So yeah, I don't know. Texas is going to be really good. I, that's not news to anybody. Uh, Saturday, September twenty third, Appalachian State will be here. Fifty or that that game's at five p.m. Saturday, September thirtieth, New Mexico homecoming parents weekend, two p.m. Fresno State on October seventh is still t- TBA. Uh, At Air Force on October 14th, 5 p.m. At Boise State on October 28th is still TBA. CSU in Laramie on a Friday night, November 3rd. That's a 6 p.m. game. Uh, Friday, November 10th at UNLV, that's an 8.45 p.m. game. Hawaii is still TBA. That's the Cowboys' uh, home finale on Saturday, November 18th. And then November 25th is the regular season finale at Nevada. That's 7 p.m. And then when Wyoming hosts the Mountain West Championship game on December 2nd, that will be at 1 p.m. On Fox. (laughs) On <laughs> Fox, <yes. laughs> I did see a National Writer today mention that the Cowboys are his dark horse pick to win the Mountain West. And I went on a radio show earlier today, Jared, and I know I haven't even brought this up to you or given you any time to think about it, but I'm having a really, I'm trying to go through who my preseason. You know, I get a vote in the Mountain West preseason polls, having a really hard time, man, not putting Wyoming two or three. And I don't know who even would put it two per se. Wow, I, I'm I, most likely Boise State's going number one. Talon Green is a star quarterback. They're Boise State. They're always going to be good. The Cowboys have to go there.
1: And we know San Diego State. We've said it time and time again. They're loaded with talent, but with everything that's going on right now, they're going to be everybody who's everybody gunning for Marked. like Mark, yeah. and they
0: still don't have a quarterback. Yep. So. On
1: paper, CSU should be really good, but be much are they going to gel? Yeah. I mean, yeah. are those transfers one year later, are they gelling with the guys that have been on the roster? Because obviously they didn't last year.
0: Well, and what and about, a lot of them left. They need to fix the offensive line badly. Yep. And if that's not fixed, it doesn't matter how good your quarterback or Tory Horton or any of those guys are. Yeah, I mean. On paper, they're very talented. No question about it. But they're super young, too. They're really young, and they have a totally brand-new, unproven offensive line. So until I see their offensive line, which I believe they play Wazoo to open the season in Fort Collins, and then they have CU, and I want to say they play another, like, at Vanderbilt maybe? Or no, they already did that, I think. I can't remember. I think they have another Power 5 team. They play at at Middle Tennessee State. I know that. Which that they waxed them be. last year yeah, in Fort Collins. Exactly. So we're going to see early on what they look like, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but – Fresno State, I mean, Jay Kaner was special. He was a really special quarterback, and they had a great running game. They had great receivers. Yeah, they lost some other guys, too. It wasn't just Kimmy. Yeah, they lost some dudes. But when you lose Jay Kaner, you saw what the Bulldogs looked like last year without Jay Kaner for, what, four weeks? They looked pretty damn and bad.
1: Fresno State does play in Laramie, so that
0: yeah. that does help as well. So, yeah, that, that and your original question, that's tough. <laughs> I think San Jose State's one that kind of comes to mind because Chavin Cordero's coming back for his 18th year, uh, and – You know they're pretty salty. Other than that, people are kind of saying a lot of people saying UNLV is a dark horse. I have no idea where the hell that's coming from, but they do have obviously better
1: coaching. uh, But do they? Is that talent that they have? Because they lost some guys too. Yeah, that not all (laughs) those guys that were there a year ago that they played okay at times. Okay, yeah, yeah. But they're not all there anymore.
0: No. So yeah, I don't know. I would think the ceiling for a UNLV team would be bull eligibility. 6-6. Six, six. And I would say that's probably, I don't know, CSU is the big one. That's a huge toss-up for me. Um, I think anywhere from eight wins to four wins, I don't know. I mean, its I think it's a huge gap. And then Air Force is Air Force, and they do their thing, but they lost their quarterback and the leading rusher in the country.
1: And you start looking at the national magazines like that, some people are predicting them 9-3, 8-4. and, three, eight and four. I don't see it personally. Yeah. But they do have a cupcake non-conference schedule. Very usual. Um, two of the games, anyway. Then they play Army and Navy. But Navy's down. They have a new coach.
0: Yeah. Somebody uh, called me out, by the way. I said that uh, they were playing two FCS schools. Sam Houston State is not an FCS school anymore. They have moved up to the FBS level. And they will be playing Sam Houston State.
1: What league are they in? <laughs> I, are they in the Sun Sunbelt, AAC? South. Or the Sunbelt? Okay. I don't know. Oh. So,
0: I don't know. I think Sunbelt, I'd imagine. Wow. But they're making the move this year, so Who it's knew? their first year. Yeah, not me, apparently, but thank you for whoever uh, corrected me on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to, you know, you, you kind of feel like you can say you know what to expect from Air Force, but on the flip side, I don't really know what to accept or what to expect. They, they have to gel, <laughs> they, they have to gel. So I don't know. I'm having a really hard time not putting the Cowboys up there. And I know that's not the music to a lot of Wyoming fans' ears because they don't want to be up there and they want to, you know, kind of hide in the weeds. But I, I think this team's going to be pretty damn good.
1: I bet when you're in Las Vegas when this is announced by, you know, what the predictions are, yeah, um, they're going to be fourth or fifth when it's all when the dust settles. I just can't imagine who
0: they're going to put ahead. I, I think Fresno State they're going to put ahead. Um, because they're defending champions. and They do have some dudes coming back, no question, but they're missing the dude. But like you said, I would rather the Cowboys be picked fourth or yeah. fifth, not second or third. I'm just wondering where I'm going to pick. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't think there are four teams better in the Mountain West Conference than Wyoming. When you have a defense and a running game like the Cowboys have, I just don't see it.
1: But we've talked about it before. It's going to come down to the quarterback play and the O-line play. Yeah, At first – um, three months ago, we weren't worried about the
0: O-line play. Yeah. But now we are a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some youngsters up there, but that also is the, gives you the potential to see a youngster flourish for three, four years. Mm -hmm. This is the way I've always looked at it anyway. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they are moving Frank Crum over to left tackle. That makes me feel much better. If I'm a Wyoming fan, I'm feeling a hell of a lot better that they're able to slide a guy like that over to the left side to protect Peasley's blind side. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll get into a lot more of that stuff down the road. But.
1: And then, if any of you players are listening to this, stay out of trouble this weekend at Jubilee Days. <laughs> Do not get into trouble. Nothing good happens past midnight. Yep. Go home.
0: I'm going to be there to babysit too. I think <laughs> I might head over there. You going you to head over there?
1: <laughs> um, I might tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, which is Saturday. I might on Saturday. Yeah. I'm I was there I yes. I too. was on there yet on Thursday for a golf tournament for Jubilee Days and going to brag a little bit. We took third.
0: That's cool. Out of how many, was there nine teams, ten teams, I think Something I saw? Something like that. Yeah. But there was only track. three
1: under par, and we were one of them. That's cool.
0: So, um, Cowboys got some verbal commitments over the last week. Uh, Giovanni Pinozo. Say that again. Giovanni Pinozzo, <laughs> Offensive lineman out of Colorado. He's a two-star guy, but I will say the minute he committed to Wyoming, my buddy Justin Michael, who covers Colorado State, he wrote me immediately and said, you guys just got a steal. This guy's awesome. And the Rams really want him. They really, really wanted him, and they were on him hard. So a uh, big win down in Colorado. And you read into that, that shows to me that Brian Hendricks is, went down and filled in for, for Marty English and uh, isn't skipping a beat so far. So yep. really nice pickup for him. Jordan Ochoa, another guy, defensive end, two-star guy out of Colorado. Once again, that's Brian Hendricks' uh, area now. So, um, Adrian <laughs> Oniego, we'll go with. Defensive end, I actually interviewed him last week. Still need to do a story with him. Uh, kid out of Minnesota, defensive end. He has no stars. Apparently, he's a late bloomer. Um, they're really excited about him. I read a lot of really good stuff about him, his get-off, how quick he is, how fast he is, and he's just youngster who just hasn't uh, – You know, he still has a senior year to play, but he's just now on the radar, and the Cowboys kind of got him on his way up. So, obviously, these are verbal commitments. Yeah, I was just
1: going to say that. They're, they're not – signed on the dotted line yet, but with that early signing period, that does help.
0: Yeah, now, absolutely. So. And uh, Bryson Lotz did a story about him, offensive lineman, also from the state of Minnesota, um, which is uh, Tim Polisek's recruiting grounds.
1: Do you see a trend with these four that we're talking about geographically? Cold, Cold weather
0: states. Yep. Cold weather and positions. Offensive line, defensive ends.
1: I mean, I, I go back to the Roach and Tiller era and you think about those O line, D line, they all came from the the Midwest, Illinois, Illinois, yeah. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Minnesota.
0: Yep, still are, and and that's the beauty. You kind of find those dudes in those areas, and then you find some of your speed guys in other areas. And yeah, and they Texas. would get
1: they would get North Dakota and South Dakota guys, mm-hmm. and
0: it's it's a little
1: different now with the how good North Dakota State, South Dakota State are these days. Yeah. A lot of those those kids will stay home and play. Yeah. It's a little bit different. But at the same time, um, you, you're going into those Minnesota territories, and
0: there's already a lot of guys on the Wyoming roster from those states anyway. Well, think about how – there's a shitload of schools in the Midwest. Yep. In every division. I mean, so – they go out there and get some steals. And, then, and obviously the Cowboys have had some Adam Goldberg out of Minnesota, uh, Marcus Harris obviously out of there recently. Uh, Ryan well, Ryan Ch- Oman played there. Yeah, Ch- uh, Chase Rulieu is yep. from Minnesota. Uh, you know, Erica Bojay, guys like that. So uh, they're doing work up there for sure, and then they're kind of getting their skill guys. Looks like the quarterbacks come from California. The skill guys <laughs> come from Texas. So uh, do you put much weight into this, Jared? I kind of do in my own head where it's like, I'm really interested to see what other teams were recruiting these guys. And then it's like sometimes I'm like, oh God, they're battling it out with South Dakota to get this guy? Sometimes, but
1: Bowl says it, Berman says it, we all know it. Wyoming's a developmental um, program. Yeah. If they know that they can get a guy that's not being heavily recruited, but they have a in their back of their mind, they know that they can develop this guy into something and be a good player. I'm
0: fine with it. Yeah, no doubt. Bring these guys on. And who are we to question? Craig Ball's recruiting. I mean, really, he's done a fantastic job since he's been here.
1: He doesn't question us on this podcast. (laughs) He would
0: if we had him on, but (laughs) on how we do it. I'm sure he listens every week. Oh, absolutely. He's probably got that app (laughs) number one on his top left of his main screen. Right. (laughs) Yep. He probably does, actually. (laughs) <laughs> Ask him about that in Vegas, would you? Oh, he already tells me. I don't read any of your crap. Well, I don't read any of Say, buttons.
1: hey, Craig, can I see your phone? And if he doesn't have it downloaded, say, we need your download.
0: <laughs> let me see yeah. your phone. Can you imagine? <laughs> Craig, let me see your phone. <laughs> Who's the most famous guy you have in your phone?
1: I won't go to your photos, I promise.
0: <laughs> uh looks like Jeff Linder uh, landed maybe his next point guard. And uh, can you guys start recruiting dudes where their names are easy, please? This guy's name is Jacob Theoduch- Theodosio, and he is from Canada, just outside of Toronto, about a hundred miles. So,
1: or Tim and Nick,
0: which I'm sure you guys listen to us every every week too. <laughs>
1: put phonetics in yeah. the press release.
0: Oh, that's what those things are called. I actually try and do that sometimes. <laughs> With this guy, I'm like, dude, I have no idea where to even begin on this last name. I'm like, you French? He's like, no, I'm actually Greek. I. That's
1: hard to believe that that's the only the second Canadian ever ever at Wyoming that's for really weird for
0: basketball you know what else that leads me to a great uh, thing that uh, Mitch Edwards the guy who's obviously started 1YO with his buddies that's an interesting question and that's where it's beautiful having the lawyers doing this thing these guys can't they're here on a school visa they can't work so they can't technically make money even NIL stuff so that's kind of interesting I found that kind of interesting They're going to have to find some stuff for them to do what I believe Mitch was saying in their home country, Hmm. which how is that going to benefit the University of Wyoming, and who's going to give some kid money to go do stuff in his hometown in Canada? Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about that, though. That guy's from out of the country. I wouldn't have thought of that either. Yeah. They're only here on student visas.
1: Yeah. And then you think about all the European basketball players. The tennis team and
0: all those. Yeah. We talked about that, and he's like, we're we're trying to figure out some stuff on that (laughs) end, too. But anyway... Uh, Jacob Diadocchio, he, uh, he ranks as the 20th best point guard in the nation in the 2024 class. He also, because he went to prep school in Ohio and left Canada, he said he went to ninth grade twice. So he already has double the high school credits. So he was able to reclassify and now he is going to make his way to the university of Wyoming this August and play this year. And he flat out told me the reason he wanted to come here mainly is Jeff Linder's telling him, Hey, I need a true point guard. And he hasn't had one since Marcus Williams. Does that leave two
1: scholarships now open?
0: Yeah, I haven't done the count in a minute, but yeah, I believe so. I
1: think that's right. And and Jeff said he probably won't sign 13. Yeah,
0: he and, doesn't need to.
1: And and I, I brought that up to somebody the other day. I said they probably, you're probably going to see this trend to where they're not going to be signing 13 scholarships anymore because you're only playing eight or eight seven or eight or maybe
0: nine guys. And then you're going to lose even more guys to the transfer portal because guys in basketball don't come to sit anymore.
1: And you don't want to give a guy a scholarship just to be a practice player. Right. You can go get walk-ons
0: to be practice players. Yes. Yeah. No, I wouldn't blame him a bit if he didn't fill these. Uh, Not at all. Uh, Jeff Linder did have this to say about Theodosio. Uh, Jacob is an elite passing guard who possesses a terrific IQ and a feel for the game. He comes to us after playing with the Canadian national team at one of the top high school programs in the country. During his time at Western Reserve Academy, he was coached at a high level by Pete Hutchins and Matt Garvey. We are thrilled to welcome Jacob to the Cowboy Basketball family. Uh, He did tell me he plays at one of the most elite uh, prep schools in the country. Also plays that EYBL summer stuff for a Nike team that he said is the best in the country. Obviously playing for the Canadian national team. We talked a lot about basketball's popularity in Canada he said he does not know he does not ice skate worth a damn. He has always been a basketball guy, believe it or not, and this makes total sense. When the Toronto Raptors won the title, that really, you know, gave some excitement to the to the to the country up north. And uh, basketball, he said, is the fastest growing thing up there. So uh, obviously, coming to the United States was huge for his career. He wants to play in the NBA. He was getting looked at by schools like uh, South Carolina offered him. I know South Carolina is not cream of the crop by any means, but they are an SEC school. And they were in the uh, Final Four, not all not, long ago. <laughs> Yes, yes, not that long ago. Drake, Dayton, uh, a ton of teams. Villanova was calling. I mean, he just uh, – this looks like it's going to be a pretty good steal here for, uh, for Coach Linder. He averaged 6.7 points, 3.7 rebounds, and 1.1 1. 1 assists uh, per game at the FIBA uh, U-17 World, Ch- World Cup in 2022. That's the FIBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the fee business. Jeez, a lot of acronyms there. Love you know, throwing out there. Yep, love it. Um, and, and
1: I believe it was left out of his bio when they did this press release. But his favorite Toronto Raptor of all time was Reggie Slater. <laughs> hey,
0: yep, they so, did leave that part out. Yeah, um, Reggie. Reggie texted me that. And a shame that I actually talked to him about Justin or about uh, James Johnson instead.
1: Co, I don't even know who you are.
0: <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't watch the NBA. That's who I am. <laughs> Did you? Do you now know that uh, Reggie Slater played I, for the Raptors? I do now know. Amongst many other teams. But. I thought he played for the Nuggets. I thought that was the big one. Yeah. Uh, well, that was one of them. <laughs> Uh definitely, guys, get over to 7220sports.com. A lot of stuff going on around uh, all the Wyoming sports. Believe it or not, it's been actually a pretty busy June and slash early your throwback July.
1: Thursdays are getting a lot of reads because people yeah. missed it the first time around yeah. that these stories were read. So those are great to bring back around. And, yeah. and the who wore it best on the Cowboy football countdown, Yep, getting a lot. I mean, some of the stuff's outdated because, you know, yeah. they've moved on to other things, but that's, yeah. that's not – that's not what it's about.
0: It's about who wore that number. That's it. Yep, exactly. No, it's been it's been fun to release some of these things because in two thousand nineteen we just came out of left field. I mean, seventy two we didn't we didn't like market or anything. So I think a lot of people have it's amazing to see so many people go, Oh my god, I can't believe I missed that. Yep. And uh it's really cool to see. So I'm glad so many people are doing it. And of course, you know, summer's just really hard to get through. So it's nice to have just some content. I think about that as just a sports fan myself. Like, I just want some content to get me through.
1: And, Cody, this is the first time since I've seen you since we did our last one. hmm And you were on a 10-day vacation.
0: Yeah. Eight. But it felt. I wish it was 10. 30 days.
1: <laughs> Gallivanting all over the South. Yeah. Never heard from you, never saw you, so you must have been having a good time.
0: Yeah. What no, the hell did you do? No, it was nice, man. Uh, just... A lot of Texas, a lot of Texas. Went right to Fort Worth, hung out in the stockyards, which is, as you know, it's great, man. That's elephant's
1: so... one of them, The White Elephant's one of my favorite And bars. we couldn't
0: get in there once again because it was just packed to the gills. You got to go during the day. Yeah, we didn't get there until It's the best night. day drinking place around. It, yeah. We, we went to the Cowboy Channel bar uh-huh. did you, right by I, the yep, Elephant. Yep, yep. Yeah. Went there, uh, went everywhere, man. And then, you know, Austin did the 6th Street thing. Uh, it was like, a, it was like 117 degrees. It was like the hottest, Texas is day the hottest place on the planet right now. <laughs> it was so hot. Uh, but went there, did that. And then Galveston and, uh, went over to new Orleans and a lot of bourbon street. And then, uh, what was cool though, is went by some college campuses. Um, Ole Miss made the, kind of went off the beaten path and went into Oxford, um, Fayetteville arkansas went and saw the university of arkansas that was really cool yeah it was cool that's a really cool town been there once yeah Yeah. and then um went through lafayette which the cowboys were supposed to play at louisiana lafayette a couple years ago during covid did you uh, go to
1: hooters in fayetteville to see john daly and his son
0: no oh i didn't we just walked downtown a lot of a lot of bars though a lot of bars it was cool um also went through lawrence kansas for the first time Uh, never had been there before uh, but what was cool is the last night, um, stayed at Jeff Boyle's house, former defensive tackle for the Cowboys in the late 90s. I uh, texted him and said, hey, I'm going to stay in Kansas City tonight if you want to get a beer. And he was like, well, where are you staying? I said, I haven't made plans yet. He's like, just stay with me. We pull up. Dude lives in a $1. 3, like $1 million dollar mansion. And I'm like, damn, we should have just done the whole vacation here. He's got a better pool than any pool we've ever even seen on this trip. Um, <clears throat> His neighbor, I don't know if this name rings a bell to you or not, but his neighbor is Jeb Putzier, who was a tight end for the Denver Broncos for six seasons, I want to say. That name's familiar, yeah. He went to Boise State, unfortunately. Uh, But he played at Boise State when they were in the Big West or whatever they were in before the WAC and the Mountain West. Junior college? Uh, Yep. That's what we were telling him that night anyway. Uh, Really good guy, though, and it was hilarious. He had just got back from a trip. He was with Jake Plummer at his compound or whatever they call that you know, Jake Plummer's like hippity-dippity now. He went and met Jake for the week and stayed up in Boulder at his place where they tripped on mushrooms the entire time. And he tells me it's not because he's a hippie or one to trip on mushrooms. He's had so many concussions. And, and actually, he showed me. He was on, remember the, the segment on Sunday mornings on ESPN where it'd be like the hardest hit of the week, whatever that segment was called, and they'd show guys just mm-hmm. getting lit up. He made number one on that list like three times in the same year. So every time I was like concussion, he said, uh, yeah, Multiple. no clue where the hell I was after that hit. So really what was kind of cool, and not that I would condone this or ever will do this, but he did this mushroom thing. And I guess he used to not even be able to go out in public unless he had earphones in because just too much sensory overload or whatever. And he said that we went out that night. We went to this awesome restaurant bar place. First time he'd been out without earplugs in like 10 years. So he swears by this stuff. Have you seen Plummer lately? Like oh, yeah, of? I saw a picture. He, yeah, he looks like Total. Charles Manson.
1: I mean he looks like he belongs in Boulder. <laughs> yes, he I does. saw him at the NCAA tournament when ASU was playing yeah. at the at the ball arena yeah. in Denver. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, he is like, That's Jake Plummer. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. He looks like Charles Manson yeah.
0: for sure. I showers maybe once a week with that greasy hair. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny to hear Jeb talk about him and stuff and how great, uh, just what a a cool, wild guy Jake Plummer is. But I guess it was a lot of NFL dudes that go to this thing because there's, you know, I know, like, Jeb's on, he's on, uh, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Um, Prescription meds? uh, No, just still getting compensated by the NFL. Disability. He's still on disability um, because he just, he took a beating, man. Took an unbelievable beating. But it was so cool to hang out with him and Jeff Boyle and – Boyle's got his Wyoming jerseys, like, hanging on the wall all nice and stuff and behind glass. And it was cool. Both of them were teammates with Patrick Chukwura. Uh, Putzier played with him in Denver, and they were talking about how wild he is and just heard some really great stories, and it was was awesome.
1: You probably saw this on Facebook, but there was somewhat of a Cowboy football reunion down in – I think it was Florida. Julian Hooker, Sterling Kihei, Mm -hmm. Chukwura,
0: Tommy Nash. yeah. Those there was dudes, like
1: seven or eight of them, yeah.
0: I think those dudes yep. get together quite a yeah, bit. looked like they were having a good time. I'm sure they were, and congratulations to Chuck Wurr. He just had his first child. No. Uh, good dude, man. Always Did always he come out with a six-pack? Uh, I don't know, but he's going to have one. It looks like <laughs> mom's also into that uh, lifestyle. So. Yeah, Chuck where there were some pictures at the pool, and he was still in like, uh, kick-ass shape. Dude's a monster. Yeah, so before we go, I wanted to throw a a special congrats before I came here today. My buddy Ryan Carpenter, he's a big fan of 7220. Uh, He retired from the military, uh, the Air Force today, and I went to his uh, ceremony this morning in the park. And he, uh, humble dude, man. He's done badass stuff. Like, all these other Air Force dudes are standing up talking about the stuff he's done. He's, like, been in command of, like, all these dudes going overseas and He's in charge of all kinds of stuff. You'd never know that just talking to the guy. So, Well,
1: when you said you were going to a retirement party for a buddy, I was like, who in the hell do you know that's retiring? You're,
0: only, you're not even 40. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and why the hell is it at 930 in the morning? I was like, there's yeah. no beer. What is this? Yeah. But uh, really good guy, really humble. He's uh, obviously a badass who just keeps it to himself. So congratulations on a great career. He married my friend Katie. and uh, Really happy for him. It was really cool to see that kind of stuff and all the pageantry that comes with the military stuff because – I don't come from a military family, and I've never seen any of that stuff. And honestly, that thing might as well have been in Spanish. Echo this, Charlie. That I don't. I don't understand any of that stuff. So, bravo, bravo. Yeah, I heard a lot of that too. So it was cool though. But uh, next week, probably a couple weeks, we have Mountain West Media Days in in Las Vegas. So I'll be there for a couple of days. Um, Easton Gibbs and Andrew Peasley will represent Wyoming. Be there with Craig Bull. Uh, so definitely going to get a lot of news out of that. I assume a ton of it is going to circulate around the San Diego state. Aztecs. I was just
1: going to mention too, that single game tickets for cowboy yep. football is on sale now. And so are away game tickets, if you're planning on going to any away Well, games. July
0: 12th, it'll be on sale to the general public. If you're cowboy Joe or you're a season ticket holder right now, they're available. Yep. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me when those tickets, if you are one of those things, they're available right now. If not Wednesday, is your day? Uh, see if I missed anything else here. Mountain West and other conferences announced a officiating alliance. Um, boring. Natalie Baker uh, was elevated to Cowgirls assistant coach under Heather Azell for the basketball team. Congratulations to her. Um, Wyoming Athletics will host a field day, also for anyone, uh, any age, for free, July 14th in Laramie at the indoor practice facility. Uh, Burton promoted to assistant coach of Cowgirls soccer as well. Um, uh, a lot of news, man, a lot of, a lot of news coming out for a late June, early July. There's Taylor always Burton. a
1: lot of turnover this time of year because they probably knew these things were happening, but they couldn't announce them until after July one just yeah. due to
0: contracts and stuff like that. So yeah, there you go. Well, I always appreciate it. I know Wyoming fans do too. Also, there's a, if you want to click on it, I did see today that the turf is starting to go in at Memorial stadium, uh, put up a post last week that, uh, your buddy Jed Easterbrook put up a uh, photo from the photo. manufacturing yeah, yeah, showing the end zones and yep. God, that's gonna look good on TV, man. It is. Yep, really just excited. to have the new
1: yeah. the yellow because that that gold fades in the sun. Yeah, I, I've said it for many years. I don't understand why manufacturing um, companies don't have testing plants yeah. at seventy two twenty. I know for paint, shingles, yeah, gutters, no question, turf, you name it. No question. Because the wear and tear that that sun at that elevation does, when they say it's a 10-year life, it cuts it in half.
0: No, uh, yeah. yeah. It starts going to hell quick, especially when it was prairie gold. It, or even when it was real gold, it looked it like turned prairie, prairie gold. gold in the year. Yeah, it sure did. So. Uh, also, quickly, want to throw a shout-out to Ryan Brown. You mentioned earlier, Celebrities for a Cause up in Cody. Unfortunately, wasn't able to make it this year, but uh, Marcus Harris was there. Marcus Epps showed up. Of course, Marcus Epps, his girlfriend or wife, I, I think still girlfriend, uh, is from Cody. So, uh, and I'm sure he probably wouldn't want me to share this, but I don't care. Uh, Marcus also made a very generous donation to Ryan, uh, which is just awesome. It's awesome to see that these guys are so involved. Uh, next year, he's going to do this. Actually, he's still going to do one in Cody, but he's going to do the main one, I believe, in Cheyenne. So, i uh, already been on Marcus Harris because I feel really bad. Really was looking forward to hanging out with him.
1: I was in contact with him, too. I was hoping. I was up in the Black Hills during the 4th. I was hoping yeah. he was going to come through that way on his way home, and I would have saw him. But it
0: just didn't work out. I know. Mine didn't work out either. It sucks because that's such a great time. But, he, he, you know, John Rocker, all those dudes. Rod Mike Woodson. Hansing, Rod Woodson. They were still yep. – he, he just does such a great job for Cody. And when he told me that they were going to move it to Cheyenne, I'm thinking, oh, my God of Cody's going to be sad as hell that you're moving this. And he said, oh, we're still going to do one here. And he's just – Ryan Brown is just one of the good guys in this world, and I'm I'm really thankful that I met him. And I know Juan Soto hooked up with him this week up there too and got to know him and uh, just uh, really good people, so – so excited for that in Cheyenne next year. I think it's going to be beneficial. People are going to be able to fly into Denver a hell of a lot easier than they are Billings or Cody or Casper or any of that. So yeah. uh, I guess Rod Woodson had a hell of a time getting here. He lives in Las Vegas. He flew into Denver. They canceled his flight to Cody. So he got a rental car and drove through the night and held a camp. He got there at like 4 in the morning and started his camp at like 7 or 8 in the morning. Wow. So, good on
1: him. And yeah. NFL think, Hall of Famer. You think these guys um, – a lot of those guys would have said, you know what, I'm sorry, I can't make it and go home.
0: Yeah, or I'm going to party in Denver. Yep.
1: Speaking <laughs> of camps, Logan Wilson held a camp up at Natrona County yep. High School uh, this last week, and it looked like it was a great turnout. And yeah. There's a, uh, a golf tournament going on this weekend for his good buddy, Josh Anderson, and the Play for Brooks Foundation, mm-hmm. um, and I made a donation to that. Um, just good, good friends and good
0: peeps. Yeah, absolutely. Got Logan... Logan definitely hasn't forgot where he's from, yeah. uh, it's for sure. And he makes his off-season home in Casper. So, just a great dude, man. Excited for him and his future and the uh, checks he's about to cash because he deserves them. Yes. So. All right, guys. Well, I'm not sure when we're going to be on again. I don't know if next week. I don't – we can probably do next week, and then I'm going to Vegas. So, we'll definitely have a lot of stuff from Mountain West Media Days. Maybe even do a uh, – might even do the show from maybe, – maybe from Vegas yeah. in a couple of weeks and maybe get Justin Michael from CSU and <laughs> – uh, maybe some other guys from around the conference and come up with something,
1: folks. That's a hint that Cody doesn't want me on here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was, well, if you would just go
1: to Vegas with me, no, that, that'd be good. That'd be a great show to have him and maybe even a couple other guys, Thorburn,
0: whatever it may be, yeah. and throw them on there. And, uh, yeah. and then of course, Frontier Day is right after that. So, uh, oh, I was that reminds me, I was going to mention, uh, Are are you going to hook it up again where we have the VIP thing where we can get drunk at the rodeo for free and then go get drunker at the uh, governor's mansion afterwards? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) That was fun as hell and totally unexpected. You were like, you want to go to the rodeo? I'm thinking, no, I went yesterday. I'm rodeoed out. I am telling you, though, that first weekend, it's going to be a bear on
1: me. So we have friends coming to town for the Eric Church concert. I'm gonna get in the car on Saturday and go to Deadwood for Cody Jinks. Oh boy! He announced that he's coming to Deadwood, and I'm like, I'm not missing Cody Jinks in that small of a venue.
0: Yeah, no doubt,
1: it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and then I, come back Sunday for Zach Bryan.
0: Yeah, and I put in for uh, I put in with the boss for uh, Whiskey Myers, and then probably Five Finger Death Punch. I'm not a huge. That's a little soft for me in my metal taste. But, <laughs> but uh,
1: good on the lead singer for making Cheyenne his home and he yeah. opened a couple businesses.
0: Yeah, for real. Really cool. He's going to be doing that opening, I think, on the 14th or 15th. Yeah, I think it's the 15th. Up. The so. sign's
1: up at that one garage already. Yeah, you
0: know? I might swing over there and uh, check that out for sure. I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm glad to see that Frontier Day's got some heavy metal. You guys should compare on how many tattoos each of you have and see who wins. <laughs> I think he's got me beat. He has one on his cheek. And his neck. Yep. And his head. I better get on it, man. If only I had money. I need to find a new best friend who's a tattoo artist who just wants to, you know, do stuff for me. Just don't go above the neckline. Yeah. I don't know. I'll probably save that for when I go to prison. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.